Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters and Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Kelly is the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency in Phoenix, Arizona, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and the You Before Me campaign. She has a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. She was adopted when she was three days old. She was born to a teen birth mother, raised in a closed adoption, and reunited with her birth mother in 2007. Our goal with the Birth Mother Matters and Adoption podcast is to spread awareness and education about the beautiful choice that is adoption. Abortion has always been a very hot topic in politics, in and around the the world in terms of what people's feelings, beliefs, uh, the way that they were raised, the regulations and societal norms that have encompassed and surrounded abortion. So today we're going to be talking about that. In 2021, abortion was one of the biggest headlines throughout the year as to what's happening in the court systems, to the approaches that the individual states are taking. And so this podcast is going to be dedicated to the global perspective, as well as the global laws, as what's really happening outside of the United States in comparison to the United States. I think the reason that this is so important to understand is because our country is is large, but we still look to other countries to see what they're doing, to see what's working in their country. When studies are done on a topic such as abortion, we often use other countries' statistics to help us understand, and they do have some influence over ultimately what is proposed and so forth. So let's take a real good look at some of these other countries and what their laws are regarding abortion. Well, in 2021, Poland made headlines all over the world for instituting a near total abortion ban. The surprising thing is that the majority of Poles support access to abortions and the country's conservative government is aligned with the Catholic Church which opposes abortion. Upon the ruling, access to the abortion would only be permitted in the cases of rape and incest, which we've discussed so is only, I what, about 0.05% or something? Less, actually, less than even that. I think this is so interesting to me because a vast majority of people who take the side of being pro-choice state that their primary reasons for being pro-choice is because of rape or incest or the health of the mother. And so two out of those three uh, caveats that they have for being in the belief system of Mm pro-choice are negated in Poland. And yet they already had these highly restrictive laws and still 200,000 women leave Poland each year to seek abortion elsewhere. So 
that's fascinating because negating two thirds of the reason that a vast majority of people take the pro-choice stance is negated. And yet 200,000 is a large number. Absolutely. In Mexico, until this year, having an abortion in Mexico was considered a crime. In September of this year, their Supreme Court decriminalized abortion. But I know that they, the pro-choice activists are still working towards ensuring uh, more access to abortions in their country. So whereas the United States is moving in the direction of limiting, if not completely abolishing abortion, Mm -hmm. uh, we've got Mexico who has taken the opposite approach and they're moving in the opposite direction. And I find that fascinating that it used to be people uh, would come to America and now it looks like maybe people will be going to Mexico to get these abortions, which could become illegal in states like Texas. And that's fascinating because Mexico as a whole is a predominantly Catholic country, Mm -hmm. which does not permit or allow under really any circumstances an abortion. So that's that's absolutely fascinating. In Japan, abortions are legal up to 21 weeks and six days of pregnancy. The key difference between abortion laws in Japan and the majority of the rest of the world is that Japan requires the birth father give his consent. I applaud that. I don't applaud the fact that abortion is legal, Mm -hmm. but I applaud the fact that they're involving the birth father. Well, we've talked about this in the past, the comparison between abortion and adoption, where in adoption in the United States, or at least in Arizona, you have to at least notify the potential birth fathers. And uh, I also found it interesting that the... uh, one of the consequences of this is women will bring in men who are not potential birth fathers to have them sign that just to get around having to tell the birth father. So there's no good answers to some of these questions. There's not, but I think it sets a precedent mm-hmm. that is that is definitely respectable. You right. know, Japan is one of 11 countries in the world that require a third party consent. And that's surprising. Russia has one of the world's largest abortion rates, and their president is attempting to stop the high rate of abortion because of the population decline. It's becoming a real issue, Mm -hmm. and they're really trying to increase their population. But right now, they currently pay for abortions under the country's Mm -hmm. medical insurance program. So I think that... You know, this is an area where I see them moving in the direction very similar to China. You know, China is also moving to limit abortion access because its falling birth rate is becoming greater and greater. Uh, Right now in China, it's at their lowest level, their birth rate is, Mm -hmm. since 1961. Uh, They imposed the One Child Policy Act uh, for years, decades, and then reversed that in 2015. But still, it takes time for everything to catch back up. Right. And I think the entire world, not just because of abortion, but recent developments, including COVID, I think that the world population is slowly diminishing because young people aren't having kids like they were even two decades ago. Argentina, until 2020, 
abortion was only legal in the case of rape and incest. Again, noting that for people who are pro-choice, there is primarily the two-thirds reason that is used. Not to say that that other reasons aren't used. Of course they are. But many people who claim to be pro-choice base their opinion on those reasons. So at the end of 2020, Argentina's Congress voted to legalize abortion up to 14 weeks of pregnancy. Again, this surprises me because they are also a predominantly Catholic country, which opposes abortion. Mm -hmm. It almost makes you wonder, you know, what's going on between their church and state. It does. And it makes you wonder if the population is starting to move away from organized religion in general. I don't know. In South Africa, abortion was legalized in 1996. And in 2008, there was an amendment to this law, which expanded their access by allowing trained nurses to administer abortion. There is also a significant divide in the country regarding abortion. Women in rural areas are still experiencing difficulty in finding a willing provider versus people who are in more populated areas. Mm -hmm. So they are allowing abortion. The women in the country are having difficulties, depending on where they live, finding a provider to execute the abortion. Another country that's highly Catholic is uh, Italy, and they've had restrictive abortion laws in that country. Abortion is legal for the first 90 days of pregnancy. Getting an abortion in Italy is actually kind of hard to do because providers are allowed to opt out because of their religious beliefs. And so it's making it tough, even though it's somewhat legal, to uh, to get an abortion in Italy. In Australia, Sydney, which is a very populous state, voted to allow abortions up to 22 weeks in 2019, which overturned a 119-year-old law that prohibited it. In 2021, South Australia became the final state to overturn the prohibition of abortions, making the procedure legal across the entire country. So again, we're seeing the opposite of what is happening in the United States. And it's Mm -hmm. interesting how countries are making these radical decisions uh, and not just, you know, tweaking it here or there, you know, uh, as to you may be, you know, 16 weeks to 17 weeks is their count or if, if they're going, you know, full blown as right now we here in the United States are doing something very similar. We're trying to overturn Roe versus Wade. The swings are wider than I would have expected. Agreed. For instance, in Saudi Arabia, abortion is only allowed in cases where the mother's life is at risk or to protect her physical or mental health. Rape and incest exceptions are taken on by a case-by-case basis. Despite these restrictions, abortion advocates have pointed out that women actually have greater access to abortions in Saudi Arabia than they do in American states Hmm. like Alabama or Georgia. That, again could be an entire podcast in and of itself. Because looking at that in comparison to the United States, it's it, that's fascinating to me. Now, abortion's been legal in Turkey since 1983. The procedure is becoming increasingly difficult to access. Um, their conservative president has said that he thinks that abortion is a crime and that women should have three children. So I guess that's his okay, stop. three. Oh, stop. what happened? So the president of Turkey is stating that all women should have three children. Right. Not one, not two, not four. They should have 
three. That's, I guess, his ideal number. The magic number. It's very strange. And uh, public hospitals are allowed to refuse to provide abortions based simply on the president's point of view. Again, weird. It's just strange to me. In South Korea in 2021, again, we're seeing all of these these radical abortion changes this year. South Korea decriminalized abortion across their country. Prior to this, an estimated 50,000 to 500,000 dangerous illegal abortions were performed in the country each year. Hmm. Women who were caught trying to get illegal abortions were subject to punishments for up to a year in prison. I know there was an argument with Roe v. Wade back in the uh, 70s that if we keep abortion illegal, that women will get these illegal abortions that are often the dangerous. The back alley abortions was the term, the back right. alley abortions. But wasn't that number significantly lower than what they had kind of reported or? I think when you're dealing with something that is an illegal activity, I think it's really hard to quantify what the actual number was. Right. I think it would be, I think there's really no way of knowing because people who have had an illegal abortion or a back alley abortion are probably not going to report that on any census. That's fair. In 2021, India passed a law significantly expanding access to abortions. Their Medical Termination of Pregnancy Amendment Act of 2021 extends the grounds on which abortions will be permitted to include therapeutic, humanitarian, eugenic, and social grounds, allowing for near universal access. India's stated goal in expanding access is to decrease the country's maternal mortality rate. Again, that would be another podcast in and of itself, looking at what their maternal rate is. It's interesting that their perspective is to allow this this access to abortions rather than taking a stance of looking at their medical approach and why women are dying during childbirth. Well, the thing that shocked me was that they're actually citing eugenics as a reason to increase abortions when, I don't know, most most modern societies find the concept of controlling population by eugenics kind of appalling and very backward. It, it surprised me to see that. Especially it being in 2021. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So the last country that we're going to look at right now is is Ireland. And again, when you're looking at Ireland, remember, this is a predominantly Catholic country. Mm -hmm. In 1983, they had imposed a near total abortion ban, giving mother and baby equal legal rights. 35 years later, Voters rejected this provision by nearly two to one, and a law was passed the following year establishing the country's state-run abortion service providers. So what you had said earlier was maybe some of these countries are, are pulling a little bit away from the Catholic laws mm-hmm. and creating more of a division between church and state. And again, like you said before, such a wide disparity between what the law was and then just suddenly changing and going almost to the other end of the pendulum. I think this is going to be a really interesting time, especially for people 
who are very passionate, whether they are pro-life or pro-choice on the topic of abortion, because so much right now is changing, evolving. And these are, for the majority of them, radical changes. From what we've learned, they are mostly on part of the people, rather that are coming from the church or coming from the government. The people are the ones pushing the government to change what those laws are. Mm. When the government is taking the stance and standing behind these changes, it sounds like it is more due to population rates and wanting to increase their population as a whole. So that that is absolutely fascinating. And I think, again, that a lot of these drastic changes are going to impact the United States as to what the final outcome will be, how we will be perceived in other countries, what will happen when women who want an abortion but are living in an area where they can't have one, and you know, will they try to stay in their country or will they leave their country and go somewhere where they can have an abortion? So there's so much left to the unknown regarding what's happening in the world when it comes to abortion. We have a pregnancy crisis hotline available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112. Or you can reach us on our toll-free number, 1-800-340-9665. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get you to a safe place, provide food and clothing, and help you get started on creating an Arizona adoption plan, or just give you more information. Check out our blogs on our website at azpregnancyhelp.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by looking for AZ Adopt Podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to us and tell your friends about us. Birth Mother Matters in Adoption was written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me. Thanks go out to Grapes for letting us use their song, I Don't Know, as our theme song. Join us next time on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Rains, and we'll see you then. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.